and welcome to the Fallen Zone Music Podcast. I have a special guest with me here today, but rather than me introduce him, I'll let him introduce you. Uh, damn, not talking <laughs> great today. We're off to a great start. I'll let him introduce himself to you guys. So uh, go ahead. Yeah, hello everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Gunnar Jones, and I play guitar in the band uh, Unmisser from Iceland. And what a slamming guitar player you are. Thank you, thank you, good sir. Appreciate that. So, you know, with me doing my music homework, I had to, I listened to everything you guys have to offer, and it's absolutely killer, especially your new song, Sever, which is how I found you guys in the first place. Yeah. How did you find us? Just out of curiosity. So I do a lot of doom scrolling through Instagram where I'm just scrolling down through it. And uh, you guys had some mutual, like you guys were liked by a couple people that I have, uh, liked or followed let me see here you're followed by fishman music yeah yeah ag escuela grind or escuela grind always forget how to say their name but uh, and then of course nuclear blast yeah so you guys popped up on my instagram and i was like okay I was digging the music, and so I dug deeper into your uh, discography, listened to the EP, and I was like, gotta have him on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, man. That's awesome. Power of the internet. For real. It's pretty nice to have something like this at the, you know, at your fingertips. Yeah, yeah. So, first question, always the yeah. question. Let's see if I can. This one's a user submitted surprise question. Ooh. So, uh, where is it? Ah, there it is. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? This is always my surprise question. Got to start off with a funny question. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have Tootsie Pops here in Iceland. Uh, so I've only tried it maybe like, I don't know, like a handful of times. Uh, but uh, sorry, my girlfriend was trying to call me there. Um, uh, but I would say, I don't know, 100 times? No, probably more, right? You know what? I'm. There's got to be some sort of scientific answer for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. It says, on average, from Purdue University, modeled after a human tongue, they used a licking machine. And it took an average of 364 licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Damn. It said 20 of the group's volunteers assumed the licking challenge unassisted by machinery and averaged 252 licks 
each to the center. They that's, must uh, that's a, quite a lot of licks. Uh, yeah, I don't think my, uh, my I don't think my tongue could do that. That's a an extreme amount. Yeah, and they've got huge. I wonder how they like got to that like solution. Is it just like randomly licking it, or is it like same spot everywhere? You know, that is a good question because you know that's got to change, and depending on how you lick it, you know. Yeah. Like some people are weird and I'll do like all around it all at once. And yeah. And I mean, usually you have it like in your mouth. So you're kind of sucking on it a little as well. You know, that probably does something. So yeah, um, between 252 and 364 legs. Good to know. I'll tell the rest of the band this. I'll be like, you guys, I learned something new today. It's funny. You you definitely learn something new every day. I, it was definitely interesting to find out. So let, let's get away from the uh, odd questions here. I, I've got a good bit of questions for you. So how did you guys all meet and start the band? Uh, so um, we were all in like uh, other bands this is like 2012 13 14 like during that time we were all in like different bands and then closer to like 2016 most of those bands had kind of like faded away a bit uh but because all of our bands were like playing constantly together because the scene here in iceland is like pretty small um we just became like best friends uh through you know always playing together so when those bands kind of faded away we we were just like hey man we should fucking create our own band and yeah that's just how it kind of it started short sweet and to the point i like it yeah and now you guys have been around since 2016. You've put out um, a full-length album and a uh, more recently an EP, which we'll get to in mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, do you play any other instruments besides uh, guitar? You play. Uh, I have played bass, and I used to play bass in another band. But I'm 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 like I'm an axe guy, you know. I like it. Yeah, we're gonna get into. Uh, gear because I, I always set aside the segment for gear talk i call yeah. it talk great talk <laughs> <laughs> so let's see here your new ep it's called uh damned i love mm-hmm. it sever is uh was that a single for the uh ep or did you guys put them all out all, all out at once uh, we kind of went back and forth a little bit with it. We've been sitting on those songs for quite a bit now. Uh, and I think we just eventually were like, just fuck it. You know, we just got to put these songs out there and uh, get it out so we can move on. And like, uh, uh, so yeah, we just kind of decided to put the kind of like creme de la creme 
of songs that we kind of collected over COVID time. Uh, and then, yeah, it just kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just came very, I don't know, naturally to, to us to just do the EP. Because uh, we, we switched singers like a little bit more than a year ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we, yeah, have a new singer now. And we were just like, okay, you know, we have these songs ready and just got to put them out there. Uh, how has the dynamic changed since getting a new singer? Um. Not really a lot. I don't know. We just like the the new guy was also like a really good friend of ours uh, before. Uh, he's a really really like a good guy, and he he's like very very funny. So it, like to us, it was more important that he fit into the like friend group rather than just like be an amazing singer, which he also just happens to be. <laughs> uh, and there's not like a lot of choice when it comes to singers here in Iceland. Um, so when we uh, parted ways with our old singer, this was like a very natural thing for us to, to get him. His name is Runar, and uh, he's quite the beast. I can tell you that. Yeah, you can, you can definitely tell. Yeah. So he was on, he was not on the, uh, album was he no he was not on the sermon album he we did one single uh after the sermon album called misery list forever and then we did the ep that just came out now what, like two weeks ago or something two three two weeks ago yeah uh the 24th of november yeah which came out at a perfect time yeah i was looking for new music so yeah but uh it's uh the new record is like we put it out ourselves so uh it's a little bit more like back to the basics with us and how we maybe used to do things and uh well put it out ourselves we have like a uh, like a distro service which is blood blast which is kind of like a under i think it's like a like a daughter company of nuclear blast yeah. They just do like distro, uh, but it's not a label. Um, so it's kind of like it's technically, I think, like a self-release thing. Uh, and maybe not. I'm not quite sure how you would like define it. Um, I, I think I define it as you guys putting it out yourselves. Yeah. Well, we did all of the stuff ourselves. <laughs> so like... Uh, we, we we and we've always done that. We've always like been very heavy on and uh, like very hands on with everything. We're like very uh, particular with uh, like the visuals of the band, and I do all the music videos for us. And uh, we're very picky with like merch and branding and like all of this shit. You know, it's like very something that we pay a lot of uh, attention to. Yeah, and I mean, your merch is really nice. Thank you, man. I like the uh, the hoodies specifically. Yeah, we just we're about to release like a new 
new merch very soon. I think we just got the new design. Uh, it's very cool. But I think I have it here. I can kind of I can show you on the phone. I don't know if it. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, this is like the front, and then this is the back here. It says uh, I don't care if I bleed. The little switchblade. The iconic switchblade. Yeah. I so, think you guys are, are synonymous with it now. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's very cool, man. Like uh I, I'm a tattooer and like a lot of people come to me and ask for the switchblades, like the Unmesser like switchblades. And it's like a very cool thing that I get to like quite literally like brand people <laughs> with the with the kind of logo of the band. It's very nice. I like uh I was thinking about getting it myself. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, if you come to Iceland, then I can tattoo it on you for sure. Sounds <laughs> like a plan, man. Yeah. I'll, just for you. <clears throat> so uh, what can you tell me about the uh, the writing process for how you guys go about and write a song? Is there a specific way like, oh, I came to the table with a riff or or I had a vocal idea, or do you already mm. come with full songs written, or how does that work? It's very different. I think it depends on the song. Uh, we used to always just kind of meet up in a very sweaty room and just throw out some riffs and, you know, just jam it out. But uh, I think, like, post-COVID, and maybe during COVID as well, we were just kind of like, we made a... Like a like a kind of like a new system, at least for us, uh, which is just like sitting down in front of a computer, and you would like record riffs and stuff, and and then we would send it to a drummer, and he would program drums, and like so it was like a very, uh, very like thought out, you know, which was kind of new to us to like sit down and and trying to record everything as as. Uh, on the same time when you're like writing it uh, but I think uh, at least for now uh, that kind of like uh, system works a little bit better for us you know like we're getting a little bit older now we're all like around 30 or something and a lot of us have like kids and stuff and it's just a lot harder to meet up many times a week to write so those uh, people who write which is mainly everyone i think everyone in the band writes music in some way they can do it on their own and then just like we send ideas back and forth and which is uh yeah very definitely like a big pro of the internet and like everything like that you know you can just kind of like record shit and send it over and send it back and forth and so it's yeah. So mostly, most of the time, we just kind of sit down, maybe two or three at a time, and then record some riffs and program drums, and then we'll meet up later when there's like a more solid idea on the table, and then we'll jam it out and work out if there's any like kinks. Because sometimes you write stuff, you know, on the computer, and it's just too crazy, and you like you can't play it. You know, <laughs> it's just like impossible to play. Yeah. Um, so we might like program some drums or something and then send it to our drummer and he'd just be like 
bro, like you, there's literally no way to like drum this. And you're like, oh, okay, sorry. So he would have to like put his own spin on it and stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, then program drums, sometimes you're, you set the, uh, the feet to go so fast. You, you have to be a robot to have those kind yeah. of footwork. Sometimes you're like, nah, man, this is fine. This is just going to push him to like become better. Uh, and then he will just send us and be like, no, there's like no way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you guys used to record? Sorry. What, uh, what do you guys used to record? Like your DAW and stuff like that? I think, let's see. I think our, so our bass player, Stane, he is kind of like the, the head of recording, uh, and then we have a sound guy uh, who's been with us just from day one. Uh, uh, oof, let's see. I think they use the, what is it called? The Apogee. What is it called that? Apogee. Like the fucking with the reindeer logo. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking. Is it a... Wait, maybe I can... Apogee. I'm pretty sure it's called that. Something like that. That sounds then, familiar. Yeah, and then we all have like campers as well for like guitar, which is like uh, such a big, big uh, difference when it comes to like just writing in general. Did you guys make your own patches for the uh, campers? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we, we get like... Um, you might get a bass tone from like somewhere and then you fuck around with it and like change it. So it kind of eventually becomes your own thing. And it's very different between guys and, you know, there's like three guitar players in our band and they all have like big egos and they want to do their own thing. And like, uh, so like for me, where I'm, I come from maybe more like a hardcore background and I like, I really like, uh, you know, like harm's way, you know, these kind of like kind of more sludgy, heavy fucking breakdown shit, you know? Uh, so my tone, for example, is just like a left hand wrath pedal, uh, which is like an HM2, uh, clone. It's kind of like a newer version of the HM2 pedal. Yeah. Uh, and it's like very like mid, very, it's very heavy and like very crunchy, kind of disgusting. Uh, and then maybe our other guitarist, he likes a more, more like redefined tone and he used like a Mesa Boogie or, or a 5150 or something. And then we're trying to like blend things together. So, cause we have so many guitars. Uh, so we try to be like pretty aware that, uh, we, they all have to have like a certain role within like a sonic field, you know? So maybe one is like his tone is a little bit higher and then one is more mid and one is like a little bit more bassy. So we, t we try to think about this stuff, you know, and it can be, sometimes it can be a little bit too much, you know, it's just like a wall of fucking guitars like hitting you in the face, you know, uh, but that's also what we want, you know? Yeah. I like it, man. Uh, what guitars do you, or guitar or guitars do you use? 
I use uh, me and Fannar, one of the guitar players, with both uh, endorsed by ESP. So we have ESP guitars. Uh, I currently use, and I've been using like a, it's called an LTD EC1000. It's just like the Les Paul body type of guitar, and has Fishman pickups in them. Okay. And it's yeah, it's just kind of been my road dog since we started the band, and it just does not break or. Uh, I can like constantly fuck around with it and it just uh, so it's like very well built but I have like a couple other guitars that we try out and uh, for uh, recording we've tried like baritone guitars and seven strings and all of this mumbo jumbo but I always come back to the just like a classic six string uh, ESP guitar you know nothing like going back to basics yeah exactly I love it. Man. You can you can overcomplicate things like pretty easily, and uh, but at least for me, like I'm a very uh, I'm a very like straight shooter when it comes to like guitar. Uh, I'm not a, like a shredder in any way. Like I couldn't do a fucking solo if my life depended on it. Um, but I know what I'm good at, and I can I can chuck some riffs, you know, and like uh, so I try to base my guitar playing maybe more on that. Uh, I remember we were, when we were recording our sermon album, the guy who was with us, his name is Sky Van Hoff. He's from Germany. He used to he works a lot with Rammstein, and oh. uh, yeah, he used to tell me that like you have to kind of know that okay if you're not going to be like a crazy fast shredder or something at least give me like the best chucks that you can like do and when people watch you you're like man this guy knows how to fucking chuck those riffs you know so i try to do that like always uh, if there's any chucking involved i just try to do it as hard as i can you're the chug master yeah yeah <laughs> or trying to at least <laughs> i like it man if you can't shred chug your part out i like it because yeah. the the like the initial chug is like it's a simple thing but you can you can get lazy with it you know so you gotta like fucking chuck like your life depends on it yeah man i'm gonna make a shirt that says chug like your life depends on it that's <laughs> like yeah, a great shirt <laughs> okay so uh how did your uh music taste change from when you were a kid to now has it stayed largely the same or uh uh no not at all man i i came into like heavier music uh pretty late i was like maybe like 15 16 when i started to like listen to like really like heavier stuff, you know, like Mastodon uh, and like stuff like like Megadeth. I was really into Megadeth when I was a kid, uh, but I never like uh, and Slipknot as well. But I kind of, uh, but I remember there was like a there was like a gateway band for me, which was uh, Killswitch Engage. It kind of got me on like a more like metalcore, if you can call it that. Yeah. And then around that time, you know, this is like 2010, maybe there was like this huge wave of like very weird metalcore bands like Attack Attack and like Memphis May Fire. You remember those bands, you know? Um, 
which I think they're kind of making a comeback right, right now or something, right? Yeah, Attack Attack. Uh, they're bringing back uh, Crab Core in an yeah way. You got uh, Matty Mullins now fronting, or he's going to be fronting Anne Berlin starting next year. Really? As well as doing Memphis Bay Fire stuff. Oh, okay. Kill Switch Cage. What a fantastic band. Yeah, man. They're just, man, they like really changed something. I remember they had a song uh, in like Resident Evil or something. It was like a movie or something, like a vampire movie. And they did like a clean version of End of Heartache. Uh, it didn't have any screaming in it. And that was like the perfect like gateway drug for me to get into like heavier music. Because I was like pretty young and like hearing screaming and stuff was like, you know, and so quite a bit, quite a lot, you know. But that was like the kind of first like into screaming stuff that I was like, oh, okay, this is spicy. And then, you know, just with time, you just, it's like an addiction, man. You just, you want it heavier and heavier and heavier. And like today, if I listen to like music today, it's like very, uh, I'm like, I'm very <clears throat> between like a really like, like Kublai Khan or like one of my favorite bands, uh, just like very simple fucking fuck you, you know, just, you know, straight to the point. Uh, but I really like kind of like, uh, I can listen to like Thy Art is Murder as well. And like maybe more like death Corey kind of stuff. And then like really, really into like Harm's Way. I think Harm's Way is like one of those bands that I remember hearing them for the first time and just like something clicked in my head, like the simplicity of the riffs and just like how heavy it hits. It just like really resonated with me as like a songwriter. Um, so I really, really like that band. They just put out uh, some new song or maybe a new record a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or two. It's really fucking good. And everything like they used to be on the label that uh, the the singer in Converge used to run. What was it called? Death Wish. Yeah. Yeah. And fuck you, man. Like every release Death Wish would put out, I would just like grab onto it like a like a moth to a flame, you know. So I was like really into everything that Death Wish put out. I don't know if that's still a thing. Is that still a label? I'm not quite sure, but you you said exactly what I was thinking, like a moth to a flame. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Death Wish is still a label. They just put out the Hope Conspiracy, the new record. Oh, that's who put that out. Yeah. That's funny. We used to tour. Our first tour ever with Unmaser was with a band called All Picks Must Die. And the singer in the Hope Conspiracy, he is also the singer in All Picks Must Die. And that was a funny tour, I can tell you. That that's pretty cool. Got any yeah. what's your uh, favorite touring experience? Hmm. Let's see. I'm not sure. I think just just touring in general is like a really surreal thing for me. It's a, like, it's such a rare thing that a, an Icelandic band 
gets to a point where they can like tour that the whole like uh just the the whole notion of us touring was like what really like is that really gonna happen and we went to some funky places you know we we played in russia and we played everywhere in europe and we we tried to do the states as well and it was just like a really I don't think anything particular stands out. It was just a very, I was just very grateful that we got the opportunity to like, just even try it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. Uh, touring is an experience that not many people get to experience. So yeah, definitely. Uh, do you have a least favorite, uh, touring experience? Like van broke mm -hmm. down yeah i mean we we were going to the uk for the first time and it was like we were just at the crossroads where you have to like switch lanes and you have to drive on like the opposite side uh and we had like a small car crash and it like really fucked up the car and like all the profits that we made from that tour we had to pay to like uh fix the car which was kind of a bummer but thankfully everyone was safe and everything. Um, uh, but I don't know, we, we played so many like terrible shows, you know, just like very uh, weird uh, shows in like buttfuck nowhere in Europe where there was like three people watching. But I, I do think those shows also have like some, like, uh, I don't know, like charm about them. Uh, even though you're just like fuck man you know we're like flying all the way all the way from iceland to play for three people in buttfuck slovenia you know it's like a really uh <laughs> like a weird place to be you know yeah um i gotta say probably the weirdest place i've played in is uh and we called it a haunted pizza parlor okay by day it was a family like style pizza restaurant and at night it was a, in the evenings and at night it was a music venue but it was so strange and mm. so dark yeah uh, the dude who was running the sound only ran sound for the first half of the first set um okay was uh tweaking out oh yeah dude was like flipping out his hands were like shaking like this he was like so we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and 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 then you're gonna yeah. do this. Like, dude chill chill out <laughs> take some adderall or something no and then uh halfway through the first shift he had to leave because he uh quote unquote wasn't feeling good and everybody was like there that guy was on something yeah 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 we've had a we've had very interesting experience with like sound guys and you know like weird promoters and all of the stuff you know uh because it's not only you're not just dealing with like sound guys you're dealing with sound guys in like a very niche music you know yeah so it's like you're already taking like a weird bunch of guys and making it even weirder, you know. Uh, but you know, I, I've I've always had showed love to all the 
all the crew and everything is like uh, I think it's a very important thing to uh, I don't know just appreciate the, the guys that like make all of the shit happen you know yeah for real because without without the at the back uh, of the uh, crew holding the the main part of it up you wouldn't have live music as it is today yeah that's true so do you have any uh, guilty pleasure songs that you like listening to you secretly listen to Taylor Swift or something like that mm, I don't think so I listen to a lot of like country music uh, but I'm not very secretive about that at all because um, I watched I remember last year uh, I saw Yellowstone, the TV show, for the first time. Bro, that show changed my life. And something like clicked in my brain. And I was like, okay, I'm a cowboy now. And I just started listening to country music and like dressing like a fucking cowboy. And like, I don't know what happened, man. But that's a great show, man. Have you seen it? I have not yet. I've been wanting to. It, you recommend it? I mean, I guess okay. it's a bit of a weird show, you know, it's like very dramatic and kind of soapy, you know, it's like very, uh, and it's very like slow pace and stuff. Uh, but man, really good show. Okay. If you're into like Western stuff, you know, then like hundred percent. Oh yeah. I love, uh, Westerns. When I go to my grandparents or my great grandparents house when I was younger, They'd always have uh, westerns on the old black and white westerns on on the TV. Yeah, I think there's someone here that wants to say hi to you. Oh, oh hello! <laughs> like, what am I doing? Nice going now. So, uh, what other uh, TV shows do you uh, like to watch? just finished uh, a series called the night of it's from hbo uh i don't know if it's i don't think it's very modern it, 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 it kind of looks like it was made like a couple years ago and then but i i don't know man i i enjoy uh i want to be mind fucked you know i don't like stuff to be like fed to me too easily uh i want to have to like try to solve things because I, I come from like a filmmaking background. I used to work as like a filmmaker for like a really, really many, many years. And um, I was working for the national TV station here in Iceland. So I have to like, when I watch something, they have to like, you know, it can't be too easy, you know. But I like like thrillers and mystery stuff, horror, all oh. sorts of stuff. Have you uh, seen the new Exorcist film yet? I have not. It's on my to-do list for sure. It is. It is. Is it good? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, very sad, but it is definitely a good film. Okay. It freaked my wife out uh, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. She said it's it's one of those films where she's like. It could possibly happen, whereas, you know, you have to have some suspension of disbelief for a, a movie like Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. 
Yeah. She's like, any of those ones that have like the serial killer that's in the house or something like that. Or mm-hmm. uh, she's a, she uh, wants to watch that movie Us, but she's also afraid to watch it because she's like, that's so realistic that um, Go, she, it goes a little deeper. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the movie Papa Duke? Yes. I, yeah, that movie fucked me up, man. Dude, it is a crazy film. And that book, I'm like, I, if I see that book, I'm burning it and moving <laughs> yeah, yeah. as far as I can because yeah. the Babadook was a was a crazy film. I love yeah. it. I just remember like finishing the movie and I just like sat there for like probably like 10, 15 minutes and I was just like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like that really... But it's a positive thing. It like it leaves you with something, you know. And like, I really love the movies that kind of make you want to like go on the internet and like, wait, what, what? What was this? And like, blah blah. You have to like question things. And um, but yeah, man, good I, movie. I, I good movie. yeah, I uh, saw yesterday. I saw the the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, the new Hunger Games film. Yeah. That film, it, it definitely makes you think. So I recommend that film as well. Okay, love to check that one out. But I, I love a good horror thriller film. Um, one more recommendation I have. It's called One Br. Okay. Uh, this woman, without spoiling too much, this woman uh finds an apartment on the internet to a place she moved to. Yeah, and then. The, the apartment complex she moved into is a very tight-knit community. Um, and it, it, it starts to get creepy. And uh, there's one scene in the film where she, like, I don't know if she has to, like, stand against the I can't remember whether she has to stand up against the wall with her hands mm-hmm. right up against it and her, like, legs spread in this uncomfortable position. Or she has to like sit against the wall for a long time, but every time she fails, uh, they like hit her with a paddle or something. It's I'm like that. I I couldn't do it for five minutes. They'd be beating me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a pretty good. Check that one out. Haven't seen it. Yeah, it's um one of those more indie films. It wasn't a, a one of those triple A titles, but it was still pretty good. Yeah. So what do you do when you're not playing music? I know you said you do uh, tattoos, but yeah. uh, what do you, what else do you do in your spare time? Man, that's, that's probably about it. Uh, like I, I'm a full-time tattooer, so I just do that on like normal normal days and then band stuff um i'm playing with another band now called i adapt which is like a really like a legendary band here in iceland they are having like a comeback at this festival next summer so we're just doing like one show so i have to learn like fucking 30 songs or something for that uh so i'm just doing that tattooing and painting and you know, yeah, it's basically my life taking care of my crazy dog. 
Uh, is there a specific type of style that you specialize in for tattoos? Yeah, I do like very traditional uh, tattoos, like very American traditional. I really like like American traditional. Uh, yeah, everything that just like very bold, uh, bold and beautiful. You know, I like it. Yeah. Um, what was your uh, favorite tattoo to do? Wow, I, I don't know. I, I, like when people ask me for the Emissaries switchblade, it's always like a very, I feel very like honored in like two ways. You know, it's like one, you're getting the, the, you know, the the blade from my band, and then also I am like tattooing on them, so it makes it kind of more special. Uh, and I've done a couple couple of those. Um, but yeah, anything just big. I love doing like big pieces, like back pieces and stuff like that. Something that takes a little more time. Um, but I don't know, man. I just like tattooing. It's a very, it's like the only thing I've found like creatively that just kind of gives me the same feeling as like playing music. It's like very rewarding and like, uh, and very fun, you know. There's just so much to learn, you know. It's like an endless uh, tunnel of learning, which is really something I need to have in front of me just to like function as a person. Uh, like I need to be like, okay, this is this is gonna take me a lifetime to master, you know. Uh, and it's like really challenging. It challenges me like every day, so it's like a very, uh, yeah, very fun thing to do definitely recommend yeah i mean you're definitely a creative person with your riffs and with your tattooing um thank you have a, a least favorite tattoo you've done or a tattoo you've seen that you were like "Ooh, i don't i don't that one is uh not the best one i've ever seen <laughs> yeah i mean i've done a couple of those when especially when you're starting out you know you just kind of suck you know uh, so there's a lot of stuff that I've seen that I've done like maybe a long time ago where I'm just like, Ugh, you know, yeah. but I, I always tell people like those are the most valuable tattoos because those are the tattoos and those are the people that like allowed me to like uh, learn, you know. So I do think those are like the most important ones, uh, even though they might be a little rough, you know, but uh, I always tell people like if, if, uh, you know, coming back in for like a touch up or something is always free. You know, I, I don't really charge for that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have like a least favorite, not one that I can recall, at least. Okay. All of my tattoos are sick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, the favorite tattoo you have on your cell? Uh, I don't know. I have like a couple. I have like this one in my palm. Oh, that's cool. I like this one. I've had it for like years. Um, I have this one like PMA. Okay. Uh, just like positive mental attitude. And then, yeah, I don't know. I have like a lot of, I got this one. I don't know if you can see it. It's like the Reaper. He's giving the thinker. <laughs> it says like not today on it 
And uh, I got this one. I, I got diagnosed with cancer like a couple of years back. And I got it when I was like, uh, I got the surgery, surgery and I was like cancer free. Well, that's like, so yeah, it's a pretty funny one. But I have a bunch of like really weird ones as well. I have like a, like a hot dog here. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Those are some very meaningful tattoos, especially the hot dog one. That that one's very of meaningful. course. Yeah. I have a bunch of random shit that doesn't mean anything. But I do have a couple that have some meaning to me, you know. Yeah. Um what do you guys use on stage? Do you guys use uh in ear mixes? No, we we tried it, you know, we when we were uh, when we were like touring the most, we we talked about it and we tried it out and we bought like system. We bought like a like a rig to try it out, and I just I don't think it, it didn't really work for us. Like I just don't think we're the kind of band that kind of uh, it kind of makes sense for. Um, there's just like a lot of <clears throat> a lot of I don't know live elements to the band. That is kind of hard to, uh, like, like we we talked about. I remember when we were getting the campers, we talked about like doing, uh, not getting the like rack uh, version of the campers. We needed to have the like the, what is it called, the power power rack or something, the power amp, something yeah. like that, just so you can plug it into a cabinet and do feedback, you know. Because like a feedback is like a really important part of the of the show and just our sound. Uh, but it, it's really nice, you know, especially when we were like practicing and stuff and you have like the in-ears and you can like hear everything perfectly how you want it. It's like very, very nice. Yeah. But I think at least for the live shows, it doesn't just like really make sense. We also go like pretty hard on stage and I think I would just like slam them out of my ears like pretty uh pretty regularly yeah i i get that um in ears can be more trouble than they're worth depending on how hard you're going yeah i just don't like the fact that i would be like i'm trying to like i got a like a wireless system to try to get rid of the cable so there's just like less stuff for me to like have to worry about you know like because i remember when i used to just plug my guitar in i would be constantly like kicking the cable away so i wouldn't like step on it or get like tangled in it or something and just adding like that one more element of like having like a cable coming up in your ears just seems like a very unnecessary thing for me especially because you know the, the music we play is just fucking loud you know like it's not like a fucking rocket science like you don't have to be like 130 percent on every note you know uh so maybe it's just like kind of unnecessary for us to do uh, in years at least regarding that but i think for uh like the luxury of like having it you know just the 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 music in your ears is like very good you know it's it's better for your your ears for sure um 
I'm partially deaf, so it, it, it don't bother me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I have the same thing. I blew out my eardrum like uh, many years ago. And I remember that when I went to the doctor, he was like, the, the first thing he asked me, he was like, are you in a heavy metal band? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you not use earplugs when you play? And I was like, no. I was like, well, you get what you get, you know. But I, I always try to wear earplugs, at least now when we play. Hey, ear protection is definitely important. Yeah, for sure. My, Remember that? Mine is a little unrelated because I had tubes in my ears when I was a kid. Yeah. So that that contributed to it. But um, yeah, if, if you don't wear ear protection, then when when you're in your 80s, you're going to be one of those people that goes, what'd you say? Huh? Yeah, yeah. I sometimes feel like I'm like that already. Me too. It's important. And I see I see the youngsters, the young cats, you know, and they're like not wearing anything at practice and stuff. And I'm just like, bro, that, is, that shit is going to bite you in the ass, you know? Yeah. They have um a couple cool earplugs or uh yeah earplugs that i've been looking at what are they called earplugs for concert eargasm eargasm yeah so they're supposedly i haven't used them myself because every time i go to a concert i just turn off my hearing aid so i can hear without it being too loud uh Mm -hmm. but supposedly they have this technology to where it will it'll dampen the sound like the sound will be uh softer but you can still hear the lows mids and highs really well yeah as opposed to you know like regular uh earplugs uh dampening out the uh mids and highs more than yeah yeah i've heard heard about those kind of like earplugs uh definitely i'm just like i'll fucking just put toilet paper in my ear if i have to you know just to do some fucking dampening yeah hey man i've i've used toilet paper in a pinch and it it works yeah it does (laughs) so uh i know you guys just released an ep but do you guys have any other new music uh yeah, I mean, we have a lot of new stuff. Uh, just kind of sorry for my dog going crazy here. Uh, okay. uh, but yeah, we have... Uh, I don't know when the plan is to like release it, but uh, I, I can tell you we have plenty of new stuff waiting to see the, uh, the light of day, you know? Yeah. And uh, it seems like Sever's doing... Uh, your music's doing really well at the moment. Sever is doing really well, of course. Yeah, yeah I haven't checked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Like, you can definitely see that, like, because like, we used to be on Nuclear Blast, and we're not anymore. And... Uh, and it's kind of like you can see the pull that you know being on a label uh, does. You know, like it's just so much more ears that you get to like 
uh, to reach, you know. Um, but this is like a self-release thing, and like compared to that, it's just doing fine, you know. And like I try to be, like it's very, it's a Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, the it's important to uh, i don't know i think i've i've very very much very often i have kind of put myself in a situation where i'm like i don't want to i don't want that to be the main thing like what this is about to me you know Cause like to me it's not really about the numbers or anything and i know that's like a very cliche thing to say uh but I've had to kind of, because in the beginning that w that stuff would be something I like really cared about, and we would like do a lot of stuff to try to push, you know, the music as much as we can. And you do have to do that to a certain degree just to like play the game, you know. But I do think at the end of the day, it's like I just really like making the music with my friends, and uh, and if other people enjoy it, then just great, you know. But it doesn't really uh make much of a difference to me if it has like five plays or five million plays you know yeah I well maybe my wallet would be more appreciative of the five million plays but uh but like other than that you know it's just like uh it's just some some other stuff you know well you have at least five dollars from spotify if you had <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you have to split that with like six guys, and then pay taxes on it, and like <laughs> that's seventy-five cents a person. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's like if I mean, I think anyone who plays this kind of music is like, if 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 you really cared about like the streams and like the money and stuff, you would probably not be making this kind of music, you know. Would probably just be Taylor Swift and doing whatever she does, you know, or copying what she does. Yeah, I I could see you uh, getting up on stage dancing around like Taylor Swift. I'd yeah, I mean, I would do it if she would offer me to, for sure. She definitely knows how to uh, do what she's definitely made a career out of doing what she does. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, do you guys have any new shows coming up? Uh, we're going to do a release show in February, just here in Iceland. And then we're probably going to try to like do some tours and stuff. You know, We need to get back on the horse and do some tours. Uh, but we haven't. Uh, it's been a while since we toured the last time just because of COVID and stuff. Yeah. And, but yeah, hopefully. Well, I'll be excited to see uh, what you guys do. I'm hoping to maybe come up that way and see a show. Yeah, man. Always welcome. Thank you. So there's this fun thing that I really like to do with everybody. It's called Dream Festival. I stole yeah. it from uh, the Downbeat podcast. Mm. Uh, it's another music podcast. Yeah, it's the drummer podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. It's got uh, yeah. Greg Reynolds. Yeah. 
away from the path. Mm-hmm. I love how all the musicians know about it, but whenever I talk to it to somebody who's not a musician, they're like, who's stray from the path? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've started to th- figure out that they're definitely a musician's band, like yeah. and for musicians and not a band for general public. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, basically how we're going to do this is I'll ask you a series of questions. The only rule that is uh, on this is your band's playing. Okay. So the first question is, what time of the day for this festival are you guys going to play? Morning. What uh, time of the day? Yeah. Morning, midday, evening. You're going to headline. You're going to be the one before the headliner. How's it going to work? Hmm. at least like i'm a pretty like uh i'm an early bird i try to go to sleep like pretty early so i really hate when we have to play like really late so i think like the perfect timing for me would be like you know like eight o'clock or something i could do like nine or ten you know and that's totally fine but then like if this is my festival i would play at like eight or nine or something i think that's like the Everyone's gotten, you know, a couple drinks in or something, feeling it. I, but, uh, I don't know if we would headline or not. I don't really care. Uh, but I, I would want to see Slayer for sure, and Dolly Parton. That'd be pretty cool. And they would do like a collaborative set. That'd be pretty tight. That would be. I mean, she's doing, or she put out a recent record that's got mm-hmm. on it and John Five and stuff like yeah. that. So, I, so could, I mean, it's a possibility, you know. Yeah. Get Tom Mariah there playing Raining Blood and she's, uh, we'll do a Raining Blood Jolene mashup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see what else. Um, I would do. I don't know. I would just try to get all of my like homies bands to come, you know, and just try to make a big party out of it, you know. Like our singer, he's like really good friends with Kevin, who's the bass player in Nyard. Um, so I would really love to do a show with them. We were supposed to do a tour with them in the States, but fucking COVID, like, fucked that up. Um, thank you, COVID. And thank you, COVID. So, yeah, I think maybe Liard. I would love to get Harm's Way, Converge. That'd be tight. Um, maybe some country stuff as well. Willie Nelson, that'd be pretty, pretty tight. Arms Way and Willie Nelson. That that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe some rap stuff in there just to, you know, just so it's for everyone. I like it. I'm a man of the people, you know. I like it, man. Um, So what is your dream accommodations? Like, are you going to go camp? Are you going to have a hotel? Mm. I'm definitely quite the prima donna. I'm quite the diva when it comes to 
stuff like that. So hotels are always like, hell yeah. When we do, in the very, very few times that we've gotten hotels, I always feel like such a like a millionaire. Just like, damn, fucking living the fancy life right here. Even though I'm like sharing the room with like eight other people, just the fact that we're on a, in a hotel is pretty sick, you know? Yeah. But uh, I would probably just prefer it if I could just go home after the show and just sleep in my own bed, you know? Uh, yeah, so maybe that would be the dream situation. I could just go fly home or something straight or teleport back to my own bed. Yeah, man, that, that works. Yeah. Uh, so where is your festival going to be? It can be anywhere in the world. It can, it can even be off world if you want it to be. Oh, on the moon. It can be on the moon. Yeah, it can be on the moon. Shit. I don't know. I mean, I really want to visit like, uh, I've never been to like Texas or, or I really want to go to like Montana and like all of these like places in the States. Uh, so I don't know. I'll probably just put it there because I want to visit those places. I think I'm, I'm trying, I'm hopefully going to go to like Denver or something next summer uh, and try to do like a tattoo guest spot or something. Um, but yeah. That sounds I don't know. Cool. Because maybe because I'm a man of the people and people love to visit Iceland, yeah. even though it's fucking shitty here like 90% of the time. <laughs> uh, for most people, that would be probably like a fun experience to come here. So I might do that, just have it here. And I could just walk home after the show. Sounds nice. Yeah. Uh, You've never been here, right? No, so I haven't. Not yet. Not yet, no. I, I will be. It's, oh. a, it's a weird place, I can tell you that. What's uh, what's the weirdest part about it? Uh, it's very, like, well, like during winter time, like right now, uh, we have like maybe like four hours of sunlight, if it's sunny outside, that is. So the sun will come up at like 10 maybe and then it will start to go down at like 3 30. <laughs> so the days during winter is like they're pretty fucking depressing and then in the summer it's like the opposite the sun doesn't go down at all and it's just constant sunlight 24 7 and it can really like fuck with your like biological clock when you're trying to go to sleep and it's just like like midday outside um uh, that's a pretty weird thing uh, that you have to get used to. Uh, but I think in general, Iceland is like a pretty good place, you know, even though it's kind of like there's pros and cons to everything. Uh, but I think in, if you would like sum it up, Iceland is like a pretty good place. You know, the weather here is like pretty fine. You know, we don't have any like extreme weather. There's never really like a storm here in Iceland. It's still like very like, yeah, okay. Like, nothing crazy happens. We don't have any, like, tsunamis or fucking, uh, like, we don't have lightning. <laughs> there's no lightning here. Uh, and, yeah, there's no, like, hurricanes or anything like that. 
So even though we have bad weather and maybe snows a lot or something, it's still pretty manageable, you know. So, yeah, people tend to, like, talk a lot of shit about the weather here. But I think in general, like speaking, it's, like, pretty neutral, you know. I think I could get used to the uh, the time of day thing because... Uh, the darkness? I'm, I'm getting up at uh, 4 o'clock to get to work. And... Yeah when i get to work and then it's dark when i leave at six o'clock uh so wouldn't bother me at all it's dark when how, I long, get... how long do you have to like commute for, to from home to work so i live out in the middle of uh nowhere so i drive about an hour to get to work because i go to the, the main city uh charlotte yeah but um so Iceland is like pretty small, like here in Reykjavik, which is the capital, uh, we have maybe like 150,000 people, uh, which is like pretty small. <laughs> so for us, driving an hour to work is like unheard of. That's like, what the fuck, bro? That's way too much, you know? And I have to, today, I would have to, from, from where I live to the shop where I work at, it takes me maybe three minutes to drive. But I kind of wanna, I wanna move a little bit outside of Reykjavik. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm making a little plan to, I wanna buy a house somewhere, uh, a little bit outside, just to get that little country feeling, you know. Yeah. I'm a country boy, remember. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, an hour to commute, man. That's pretty fucked. Man, or maybe uh, that's normal to you. I don't know. It, it's not the. Uh longest i've ever commuted to somewhere yeah the longest was uh three hours one way what three hours so i would get up at 4 a.m and by the time i got done with work and got back home it'd be midnight ah man that's that's too much i lived just out of seattle and if there wasn't any traffic, it would have been maybe 45 minutes. But because traffic was always so bad, it was an yeah. hour drive one way. Shit, man. That's, yeah, that's way too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you move here, the, like, the maximum you would have to commute is maybe like half an hour or something. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Like we usually, at least if you live in like the capital region, you know, yeah. <clears throat> it's like half an hour, maybe an hour if you live in like a little bit outside of Reykjavik. Okay. But it's a pretty small town here, you know, and I kind of like that. I like the small town. I've been to like big cities and stuff, and it's just like, it's a little bit overwhelming to me, you know, when you go to these, like, I can imagine, I've never been to New York, but fuck, man, I can only imagine like the fucking craziness of all the people there. The craziness. In to describe how crazy it is. It yeah, it's just so urban. There's just like so many concrete buildings and like it's like rats and dirt and shit and like it's just like there's no like uh, no views, you know. And like the nature, like we're humans, we need nature, we need to see it and feel it, you know. Yeah. I can't imagine like living in such a urban area where you just like you have to drive like hours just to see like the countryside, you know. 
You could, like here in Reykjavik, you could drive like 15 minutes and you're in the buttfuck nowhere. And you're just like, where the fuck am I? You know? Yeah. Mountains and lakes and more mountains. Yeah. New York's definitely a, a concrete jungle. Yeah. Millions of people all in the same area doing 50 million things. Yeah. Uh, my aunt used to live up in New Jersey, so we'd go up and see her and then go to New York. Uh, it's insane. Yeah. And the, rat, the rats are huge. <laughs> yeah, they're like little dogs. Exactly. They, <laughs> And I think they've progressed to the point to where at they'll they'll uh they'll wave to you while you're walking by. <laughs> if if yeah. you wait long enough you'll be able to strike up a conversation with one. <laughs> Just yeah. make some reference. You'll be walking through the subway and you'll say you'll hear him say, Hey Frank, and I'll be like, Hey Bill, and it's Bill the Rat just walking down there reading a newspaper, not yeah. Shoe <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, a homelessness population, while not nearly as bad as it is in Washington state, is still yeah. big. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, every everywhere is like big for me, at least coming from like such a small, like I think in, in all of Iceland, there's like maybe 350,000 people or something. So, you know, like that's not even like a the population here is just like a small town in the states, you know. Yeah. Let me so see. it's kind of. Let me see how much we have here in Charlotte. The population for twenty twenty three in Charlotte is eight hundred eighty five thousand six hundred sixty three people, according to twenty twenty three estimates. Yeah. Yeah. And this is considered a small city by uh, that standard. Mm -hmm. And New York's current, well, if Google wants to stop, New York population for 2023 is 18,937,000. Shit. That's a lot of rats. <laughs> it is a lot of rats. Because <laughs> there's like, what, a rat per person? Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, I, I if they counted the rats in the population, it'd be double or triple what it is. Yeah, but uh, yeah. subways aren't terrible. Uh, you do have to watch out for the rats in the subway, but uh, there are worse ways to commute across New York City. I mean, yeah. the taxis are kind of expensive. Yeah, yeah. We don't have subways here. We only have buses here. You don't want to take a bus in New York, that's for sure. You'll never get any. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bus system here, at least, like it really sucks. It's like really bad. And they've been talking about doing like uh, like trains and stuff, but I don't know if that shit is gonna happen. We'll see. But yeah, we don't have any trains or anything, man. No trains. Wow. Yeah, everyone just has a car here. Like me, I have two cars, you know. Why? Like, I don't know. Because I can, I guess. guess. <laughs> well, whatever works, right? Yeah, one for work, one for pleasure. 
That's what's up. Uh, what cars do you have? Uh, I currently I have a like a Outlander, like a Mitsubishi Outlander, like the fucking electric one. Yeah, uh, kind of sucks ass a little bit. And then I'm buying uh I'm buying next week uh like a Grand Cherokee, like an old one. Uh, yeah. The old Jeep Grand Cherokee. Yeah, I can't go wrong with that one. All I can hear is the commercial that goes with the new 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Yeah. Road in power. Yeah, the thing is here, like, especially during winter, it can be like, even though the weather is like not that bad, it can still like snow quite a bit and it gets slippery and stuff. So you have to, like, I've been where I've been there where I like just had a normal fucking Skoda or something, you know, and it's just like, it's not really that great, you know, when your car gets stuck in the fucking ice or the snow and stuff. So I'm just like, fuck it, man. I'd rather just have like two big cars that I know I can get anywhere where I want. Um, even though like, you know, I don't know, like eight months of the year, everything is like fine. Like you definitely don't need to have a big car here. But during the winter time, it can make a big difference, you know. Yeah. Plus, I bet those insurance premiums go up if you end up getting stuck. Yeah, yeah. And we all know insurance can be uh, on the expensive side, depending on the type of car you have. It's kind of a scam a little bit. Like me, I well, funny you should mention this. I just had a conversation with my insurance company because uh, I don't have like, uh, what's it, like life insurance, I guess. Uh, just like if I would get sick or something, like I don't have insurance for that. Yeah. And I, and I called, they called me and they're like, hey, man, do you want this life insurance? We can give you like a good blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah yeah and they were like well did you have any have you like been diagnosed or anything and i was like yeah i had cancer and they're like ah okay yeah never mind we're not gonna give you the life insurance and i was like wait what like if i would get life insurance it would be because i had cancer and i would be worried that it might come back you know and then they don't want to <laughs> give you the insurance and i'm just like what the fuck <laughs> it's so weird uh, like the one thing that I'm actually worried about getting, they're just like, no, 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 we're not gonna do that. That we want healthy people only. Yeah, but thankfully the system here in Iceland is like pretty good. Like I didn't, I didn't have to pay for anything when I got diagnosed and I did like the surgery and everything. We had like a pretty okay like health system here. Uh, so thankfully for that, but I have friends who are like from the States and they've had to have like just minor surgeries and that shit can just like bankrupt you if you don't have like uh, insurance and stuff. It's like really gnarly. It is really gnarly and it's, it's really upsetting that people have to go through that kind of stuff in the first place. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine like someone getting cancer or just like any disease or something that can fucking take you down. And you are like, fuck, like I might die. And then if that doesn't kill you, you still have to like pay for the rest of your life for the fucking 
surgeries or the, the medicine that you have to use, you know, and it's just like, bro, that's such a fucked thing, you know, yeah. it's such a weird, weird thing. And I've seen like, I know in the States is a lot more common that you do like GoFundMes and stuff like that, which is kind of like weird to us here in Europe because we don't really have that. Uh, like if you do get uh, like cancer or something, like the health system here will help you like quite a bit. Uh, but like at least in my case, I was like really lucky and I didn't have to do any medications or radiation or anything like that. I just had surgery and that, you know, done. And I didn't have to pay shit for it, you know. Oh, that's just really fucking great. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like that, or it's like that with other facets of the United States. It's like that with tuition. It's like mm -hmm. that with, you know, housing and stuff. And yeah, it's all, all these hidden fees. And yeah, it turns out you needed something else that was wrong that wasn't actually wrong or and the doctors could misdiagnose you and uh yeah you'll be like actually i found out it was this and they'll be like okay cool i'm still keeping your money yeah yeah just insane so and life what a thing huh so back to our dream festival what yeah. a uh gotta have food for your dream festival so what, what kind of food are we having what's the catering looking like mm -hmm. let's see lobster rolls that's what we're having okay yeah we're just lobster in general fucking love lobster lobster is sick lobster is like really expensive now because it's like really hard to get uh, so if you do get lobster here in Iceland, at least it's going to cost you quite a bit, but goddamn, good lobster roll. Whew. I think it's a, a little cheaper here in the States. We got a lobster roll food trucks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think my dad was like telling me something that might be like, a it's just like a shortage or something of lobster. I don't know what it is. So just the, the so we do kilos here. Yeah. Uh, a kilogram of lobster costs you like fucking bro, it's probably like hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars or something. Ooh. Yeah. It's pretty fucking expensive. For a kilo, I guess that's not too bad, but how much is quick math. Do you know how much a kilo is in one What you do, you do pounds. It's like two point two pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think the real question is how much does a lobster weigh? So how many lobsters do you get out of a kilo? Okay, so you're getting maybe two lobsters. Yeah. Wait, I can probably find like uh how much how much a lobster is yeah here it says like 800 grams is like 10k icelandic uh which is uh, 
let's see, 10,000 Icelandic to US dollars. How much is that? Yeah, it's like $71. Dang, so you're getting like $71 a lobster. Yeah, for 800 grams. Yeah. Oof, that's uh, yeah, going to be expensive to feed the guests at my festival, but it's going to be worth it. Festival. It, it's all coming directly from the sea for free. Yeah, exactly. You're not paying for it. This is Dream no, no. Festival. You don't pay for anything. No, Taylor Swift is paying for it. Exactly. She's got enough money to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I bet half of it don't get taxed either. Yeah. So, um, what are you having to drink with your food? <clears throat> I don't drink alcohol, so it would just probably be something boring, like soda or something. I'm like highly addicted to Pepsi Max. Okay. Um, but I, I like a good like vanilla Coke. Mm. That's a good one. Have you tried a? Uh the uh pepsi nitro no i haven't we don't have that here oh it if you like vanilla coke and you like pepsi they have a regular one and a vanilla uh one. the nitro one yeah it's uh comes in a can and it has a little nitrous uh packet in it mm-hmm. and so when you open the can you open it and pour it directly into a cup and it's like really smooth okay light to it but it yeah, is- i've heard about it for sure but i haven't i haven't tried it i'm fixing to buy you a i'm fixing to go down to the store buy you a six pack and ship it to you <laughs> yeah man i wonder if we can I, I could even do it maybe the customs would be like no 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 you can't have this Good question the customs here are fucking bitches i can tell you that man they're bad yeah they try to stop everything man they just they don't like us to get things from not not from iceland so every time you buy something which is already expensive because we live in a tiny island and you have to like ship everything by fucking plane or ship uh it's like really expensive to send stuff here you know like for me to send stuff to the u.s is like Bro, I just don't do it because the shipping is like so expensive. Gotcha. I Man, saw. It looks good though. Yeah, that is a beauty, right? There. <laughs> no matter what type of cup you pour into, it looks so nice. Yeah, and you can drink it out of the can, but I feel like it's a much better experience if you drink it directly from a cup after you've poured it. Because on the uh, on the can it says part of the instructions is to is to pour it hard into a cup. Yeah, and it is it is one of the smoothest sodas I've ever drank. Okay, do they have that in the UK? Don't so usually when I buy stuff like on Amazon, we have to buy Amazon from the UK. We don't usually use Amazon from the states. Yeah, and they don't, they don't seem to have it uh, in the UK. A lot of prime, <laughs> a lot of prime stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I'll get my hands on this one day. I'll just smuggle it when I go to the States. They said Pepsi Nitro. Uh, this guy contacted Pepsi two years ago asking if Pepsi Nitro was coming to the UK. And they said, hey, thanks for getting in touch with us. The answer is no. <laughs> oh. oh, well. Well, a boy can dream. Uh, that they can. Um, there's got to be some alternative to Pepsi Nitro. Let me see if I can find an alternative for you. Yeah, I will, I will smuggle it when I go to the States. Yeah, you'll go and uh, you'll come back with a suitcase full of Pepsi Nitro. I'll be like, sir, what is in your bag? Nothing. Nothing. It's just normal Pepsi, okay? You're not allowed to have Pepsi Nitro outside the country. <laughs> I'll go to prison for it. I said, you're under arrest for illegal Pepsi Nitro smuggling. <laughs> yeah, man. There's another one out. Uh, Coca-Cola had this thing called Starlight out for a little while. I don't know if they still have it. It was... Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> no. Okay. It's, uh, it's one of those weird tasting ones like you know how they have Pepsi cherry and stuff? Like, that's all right. Yeah. It's like Pepsi with like some kind of, it's not cherry, but it's some kind of weird like fruit flavor to it. Mm. Interesting. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It says the, uh, I figure it's got this like glittery logo on it. Well, this doesn't tell me what it tastes like at all. It says, what are the learnings for marketers? Market your Pepsi. That's what it says. It says marketing is better for Coke than it is for Pepsi. Oh. So, uh, you learn. Oh, we know. Yeah. Don't know what it tastes like. Um, don't know that you'd want to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I like your choices for your festival. Thank you. Thank you. You got a good bit there. Um, it's like uh, the Icelandic version of uh, that one festival called Lollapalooza. Oh, yeah, yeah. A heavy twist on it. Yeah. So that concludes our time here. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You got any plugs or shout outs? Where can they find you at? Uh, well, they can just find it. Well, the band is everywhere. You can just Google the name or something. And it's a, it's a weird name for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're on every platform. You can find us. I think we're like even on TikTok. Hey, there you go. Yeah, we're a modern band, you know. And then, uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at goodboygunnar, G-U-N-N-A-R, Gunner. Um, if you want to get some sweet tats, if you come, ever come here. But yeah, yeah thank you for the talk, man. 
Yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, what song would you like to have played for the outro? Mm, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe just sever the new song. I'll tell you that. Let's sever that Again, a special thank you to Gunnar Jones for coming on the podcast. This podcast has been edited, recorded, hosted by me, Austin Mullins. You can find the Mullins Over Music podcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. The outro song is Sever by Un Misser. And again, yeah. Thank you for listening, watching, and we'll see you on the next episode.